Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So in case you ain't no so. And welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. We took a two-week break. A lot of great things happening in my life. A lot of great things happening in his life. And in the middle of that, a lot of great things happening with the Miami sports teams. We got the Heat ending their season in a roller coaster fashion. We got the Panthers breaking records left and right. Dolphins winning the offseason yet again, seven years running. And the Marlins are here and ready for baseball. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. What it do, do, dog? I almost don't remember how to do this. <laughs> nah, man. I had, to grab, I had to grab all the equipment today and blow never all that. the dust off. I was like, <laughs> just, <laughs> wipe everything just, down. Bro, I was like, wow. Turn I, on the light, make I sure was it surprised. was still on. Yeah, I was surprised I knew how to get everything <laughs> up and running. It's been that long, dog. Yo, it's been, it's been a minute. Popping, slime. Yo, a lot. A lot's been popping, son. Like, you know what's the deal? Like I left, we went. I went to Brazil, got married. Congratulations, sir! On behalf of had the best wedding the ever. You know what I'm saying? Bet that, bet that. You know um, it was amazing. No, it looked like a movie. I yeah, would just finished talking was a to, movie. Your, to your now wife. Yes, about it, <laughs> and it absolutely looked like like Martin Scorsese directed wild. your wedding. It was wild, it was, son. It was amazing. It was wild, and everybody who went there was like, "Yo, this is the best wedding party. Everything I've ever been to." And God knows how long. And I was like, that's what I wanted to accomplish. You know what I mean? And uh, we were able to do that. You it was guys dope. look like you definitely did. And I'm sorry that I couldn't be there. Unison, I it's couldn't all good, be there. Dog. Uh, I've been in the middle of a career Yeah, man. Congratulations, I, big I, dog. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's been it's been good. Last two, three, four weeks have been super hectic between transitioning from my old job Sheesh. to my new job. But definitely something that I think is going to be positive. Uh, it shouldn't. You know, impede on the podcast or, uh, you know, us being able to bring content or me being able to contribute to that. But, nah, um, man, it's like T.I. said, big things popping. Yep. And little things stopping. Yep. You know what so, I mean? And that's where we're on right now. Cause, we, we got a lot going on right now, dog. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I, I got to play uh, golf in Brazil. You got to play golf no, no, out no. here. You got like, to play golf in Brazil. That's an understatement. <laughs> You're making it sound like you golf like like we golf out here. From nah, the sound of dope. it, you, you guys got, like... Like an ambassador, like had to walk you onto the course. Nah, like, nah, nah. It wasn't to yes. that level, but it was definitely Uber some favors. private. We're called in, you know what I mean? We had to call in some favors and we made it happen. And ultimately, myself, my brother in law, my father in law, and my actual younger brother, we got to play around out there in Maringa where the wedding was in southern Paraná. It was a dope, dope course, man. One of the flyest courses I've ever seen out there and golf, period. <clears throat> and the fact that we got to play out there and like, have a good time and just enjoy it. It was really dope, man. And by the way, your boy hit two bombs for sure. Okay. You know what I mean? On the drive. Okay. And Hold I, on, dog. I got something for you. Dog. Yeah, Ready? man. Yeah, that's the so, one. Did it sound like that one right it there? It did. It really did. I got the video of it. <laughs> the second one, not the first one. Yeah, for sure, right? And I, and I definitely stuck one on a part three on the green, which was dope because it was like Beautiful. from the top to the bottom. One of those, like the lake was behind the green and whatnot. Oh, so if you yeah, missed, yeah, you yeah. really missed. You know what I mean? And everybody else didn't hit the green, and I was the one guy who was Let's able go. to get on the green. Dog, so I was really proud of that moment That's right what's there. As you should, bro. The yeah, part man. threes are tough. Yeah, really tough. They're supposed man. to be easy, but they're not. They're not at all. No. No. We figured that out, huh? The hard way. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> every time I play golf. Every single time. Um, but, bro, besides all that, like, we really had a lot going on with these local sports teams that we've been watching pretty much the whole entire season, right? 
uh, Panthers, Heat, well, I mean, Dolphins, even the Marlins, like even in their short span, been making moves. It's like a lot been going on, bro. And and you know, just goes to show you how good we are at our job that you know we decided to take a break. Absolutely, the, the first time in a year or over a year that we yeah. take a break, and it happens to be at probably like one of the craziest times. No, the craziest it, time in in the Miami Heat franchise in the recent you know like eras with you know Jimmy Butler and right. Bam and Hero and this team. You know what I mean? Like it, some of the craziest stuff. Went down while you were gone. It's It's been crazy. Like, as soon as I left, right, I'm watching a game out there in the bar, and I'm like, huh, hey, guy, put the heat game on. And I see, like, all this stuff on Instagram about Spo and, and Butler going at it, and then Butler going at it with, with UD, UD telling him, I'll kick your ass, and Jimmy telling wild. him, like, oh, you're washed up. <laughs> it, it was wild to see that because that's not Miami Heat basketball. You know what I mean? When you think about, like, the culture that's been developed and the culture that has continued to be instilled in players, right, and every free agent that comes here, every player that gets developed here, um, we hardly ever see that in-house fighting explode, right? We've seen the in-house fighting where there's arguments on the bench. We've seen that plenty of times. That's the passion and the heat that basketball has to have, right, especially between teammates who are, quote-unquote, superstars. Um, but ever rarely with a coach, especially with Spo, who's like a kind of easygoing guy, not yeah. a really in your face. Type He's a player's of guy, coach. Players right? love playing for him. Yeah, they do, and and he, get, he garners a lot of respect for what he's accomplished and, and how he commands the locker room, how he commands the players, and allows them to be themselves. Still on the running for coach of the year this year. He should win it without Absolutely. a doubt. And if he doesn't win, I swear, I swear, I swear, something bad no. is going to happen. Though. But no, back to but, <clears throat> to what you're saying. It, you know, the, we've been having. Issues, you know, leading up to this, the last few months, Jimmy hasn't been playing great. Right. You know, then, you know, we go through a couple tough losses there, you know, a couple back-to-backs and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. we just don't – we can't close out games where we just don't look like a like the Heat. We just no. don't look like us. We no. know people are just faltering at different different parts of what, the, the, the you know, the strongest part of the game, and it's like, what, what are we doing? So, mainly Jimmy, I think he was frustrated – you know, with the team, but he was also frustrated with himself and he took it out on the team and he took it out on Spo. Right. And, so, I, and Spo realized that and was like, what do you want to do? You want to argue with me? You want to fight with me? Knowing that Jimmy wouldn't be able to provoke him or get him on that level, right? And when, I guess we saw the respect that you UD has for Spo on display on that specific moment, right? Because obviously he's going to stick up to the coach. Everybody else knew what's up. Bam knew what's up. Everybody else knew what's up. As Hero knew what's up. Like as far as who was in the right, who was in the wrong there, right? And you're right. That was Jimmy's frustration really coming out and rearing its ugly head in the purest form at yeah. the worst time. And it sucks because that's our guy. Yeah. That's the, that's <laughs> not, it's not no offense. It's not PJ Tucker doing that. No. You know, PJ Tucker does it. You're like, what? It's not Morris doing that. Right. It's, it's the Jimmy main guy. Buckets. It's, 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 it's our main, it's our it's one. It's our A1. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like our first option. It's the main and guy. And when, when you see that and we're struggling, it's like, hey, we're, we're about, you know, we have less than. You know, a dozen games left, less than, I think, single-digit games now at this point that we're talking about it. Uh, but then it would have been, you know, a dozen or so uh, before the playoffs. And we lose the, the the first spot in the East, and this is happening. And it's like... And losing ugly games, it's, like it's, you said. It's not all, you know, rainbows and butterflies and heat no. culture anymore. Now there, there's drama on the inside. But right. it seems like they've been able to squash it. Well, a lot, like I said, a lot's happened since we've been, you know, on 
the podcast talking about the Heat. You know, in their last since the last episode, they've gone six and four in their last ten games. Uh, first team to clinch the East uh, playoff position in the East, uh, clinch the division um, yet again. Spo and Jimmy and Butler again. We saw him have that big fight, and then we all saw them talk about it and be very public afterwards, right? Noting that they cleared the air and, and everything was squashed, and we saw the level of performance increase after that right um bam passes chris bosh for seventh all time in rebounds which is amazing the guy deserves a big oh, time one, sorry. <laughs> that's huge that's i mean you gotta dude yeah that's bam is what on his he's, way he's to a have beast his, he's a beast you know and, he, and he's and still play, playing like all defense i mean right. defensive player of the year candidate like covering everybody. every position it doesn't matter. He's Dude. stretching the floor. He's he's present when he's on the floor, and we can tell when he's not on the court. Yeah, and it was most noticeable, like, in that game versus Boston, right, which is pretty a highlighted win for us, right, and we're going to definitely cover. Yeah, Boston had just taken the, the right? one spot in the East. Exactly. It was a big, big game for us, and, and we saw Bam's evolution as a defender, like, really take place there. Um, the He became the first 50-win team, right, since 2013-2014 season. Voting really well with the amount of games left, right? right? Three games left for the Heat on the season. We're going to be able to see them win 52, 53 games. And that's really, really a great outcome for a team that was in the finals just a couple of years ago, right? Yep. Albeit in the bubble, people can say whatever they want. Yep. But we were deadly with the three then. We had an off season with the three. And now we're back to being deadly with the three again. And that shows the difference in how we can attack teams, right? And how easily it makes us uh, a, a real contender. And not only that, how we're beating the teams that we're facing, because it's not like we're just facing the bottom of the barrel no. of the East and the West. No, we're playing <clears throat> playoff. We beat the Bulls again, right? I'm pretty sure during that break, right? Right. That was right. another one of our wins. Yeah. And um, again, three impressive wins. We beat Boston, we beat Chicago, and we beat Toronto, all there, playoff there teams and off teams that we potentially see as either first round, second round opponents, right? Right. right. And something that we see our, in ourselves in a favorable matchup as well, right? Where it's like, yeah, I don't got a problem facing Boston. I don't got a problem facing these guys because I'm really confident what the Heat have been able to achieve both on the road and at home. They're a really well-balanced team. You don't get to 50 wins that easy just by being really good at home. You know, yeah, you can lose three games at home, but you still need to win at least 15 games on the road, yep. right? And the Heat have been able to not only sustain that uh, dominance at, from their home court, also taking it on the road, and that's really made the difference this season, bro. Um, you got any concerns with us not being able to close out certain games? I used to, but now I feel more confident because of Kyle Lowry's play. You know, Kyle Lowry's play has really made a difference in how he's in, inserted himself into the offense. You you know that I've been ragging on him a little bit. You know, I, I, I know he's been dealing with a lot of personal issues, but he has to be able to take advantage offensively of what the matchup is for him, especially in the East, knowing that you're going to be one of the best point guards that are out there, regardless of Jalen Brown, regardless of, you know, Van Fleet in Toronto and whoever else you yeah, want to name, like, ball, whatever. whoever, you, you know that you're the best point guard in the East. Every game that you're going to go into an opponent, you have to have that type of responsibility and say, I'm going to give this, this, and this. And we saw it really take off. He had that 26-point game against Golden State, albeit we lost. But he was still trying to assert himself in a position where he's like, I'm going to be one of the guys that puts in buckets, you know. In that meantime, um, we've seen how his aggressiveness has rubbed off on his backcourt partner in Tyler Hero. Um, man, Tyler Hero has really been our MVP, you know what I mean? As a show, we've been really behind no. this guy since day one. 
MVP this year for sure. We always talk about Jimmy being the number one guy, but Hero, Hero has played like that number one guy this year. Absolutely. And he has man. the stats to back it. Yeah, 20.6 games, uh, points per game, um, averaging five rebounds and 3.9, four assists a game. That's stuff that, that young superstars do. And not only has he been averaging it, it's when he does it. You know, he's had big games where the Heat need buckets in the third and fourth quarter in order to make a run or sustain a team from making a run. And it's him that's stepping up to a three, bringing the ball down and really doing a quick crossover and, and pulling up from the top of the key for a three and knocking it down. Yeah, or, or getting around the screen, like doing, you know, doing a curl, <clears throat> coming around the screen. And and hitting that shot like difficult shots, yeah, they man. don't always go in, but he, every now and again he get he gets those tough ones, and that just kind of fires the team up. Absolutely, and if and I alluded to it earlier in the conversation, right, where I, I mentioned how deadly the Heat were in that bubble season, right, and how mm-hmm. deadly we are right now from the three point line. We're shooting thirty seven point seven percent from three right now. That's number one in the NBA. You know, um, and that in that stretch of of that Boston, Chicago, Toronto game, right, which we got to look at like playoff games. Yeah, we lost to Brooklyn. OK, that's, that's something one. we got to talk about. We're going to talk about right? that game. And that was a, a shit show for everybody involved in mm-hmm. that game. Right. Like we weren't in that from the get go. It's like we went out the night before and got banged up and maybe even before the game. We weren't even Just in that game. it up hard before at the all, game. At all. Right. There, nobody showed up. And that was after losing to Philadelphia and losing to Golden State, losing to New York. And then, boom, you had you get that heartbreaker against the Nets. Even with all that, we see the Heat bounce back and say, you know what? We took these four L's and we need to find a way to really better ourselves. The Philadelphia one lost, probably hurt the most, right? Because that was when Butler had a good game, Bam had a good game. And we, you know, we just lost really control. That was just after the fight and stuff like that. So we didn't really have that cohesiveness right. down the stretch. And, right. and it ultimately cost them that game. And then that just spiraled everything else, right? We didn't come with that perfectly, focus against... Perfectly put. Right? We didn't come with that focus against Golden State. And you don't do that. You're going to get mopped up 118 to 104. And, the golden, and, and we got to mention, this was a Golden State team that did not have nope. Steph Curry. Nope. Did not have Draymond Green. And they did not have, I'm pretty sure... Uh, Thompson played a limited minute okay, because that's played. how that's how well they well definitely he didn't have their other young guy no. uh, what is his name Wiseman or whatever yeah he was out too yep. and and they still mopped us up yep you know and then we their, follow their that up with basically. a loss to the Knicks and then again that's just when you bing bong <laughs> they got us this time dog. hey yo hey yo um that just shows you how bad it was, right? Because by then, the Knicks had already kind of been eliminated from the playoffs, right? Where they were losing really a lot of games and didn't look like a team that was going to be able to hang on into that playoff push. And we see the Heat losing these games, and it's like, damn, that really affected us. And it wasn't until we got that clearing of the air, right, between Spo, Jimmy, and UD, and Bam, the rest of the squad, to talk about what happened, right? And P.J. Tucker coming out and saying, hey, listen, that's normal. You know, for a team that expects the best out of everybody and excellence out of everybody, every second of every game, of every practice, of every minute, um, the stakes are going to be high. And and sometimes that goes over the top. But while we saw the decline of that, right, and the effect that it had, we also saw how this team is really built and the goal that they're trying to accomplish in – pushing towards that championship, right? Right after losing those four games straight, they bounce back and rip off four another four yep. straight wins. You know, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Impressive wins, right? It's definitely been a roller coaster because you, you get that up and down. Yep. But we find ourselves with more ups 
right than downs and sometimes the downs seem bad because you're up so high right you know what i mean and, and at that point we were up we were up high we were at the number one seed in the east we were creating space between us and chicago and brooklyn and forget brooklyn the celtics uh philadelphia we were putting all these teams and the bucks putting these teams in distance you know and not really having to worry about them but then you get that low right of that roller coaster and it, and it seems like a lot but Luckily, that he always find a way to turn it back up, Coach Spolster and company, and they find a way to turn back that rhythm into the three point shot. They go thirteen of thirty four against uh, Boston. They go seventeen of thirty four against Chicago, uh, and they go eighteen of thirty eight against Toronto. That's thirty eight percent, fifty percent, forty seven percent from three. The Heat know how to find success from shooting threes, and I feel like they've built this squad to. If like maximize the chances that they're gonna get on threes, even their their hard looking threes or the well defended threes, they're gonna feel comfortable taking those threes because sometimes the team's not gonna give up the lane in talk, the playoffs. T- talk to me about so we're doing well, this is a great great little segue. Uh, stat. No, 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 but this is a great stat. Number one uh, three point shooting team in the league, right? Right. Talk to me about the ensemble. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the guys the guys that make up this three point you know sh- squad. The the main three guys that you got to point to, right, is Tyler Hero, first and foremost. First and foremost. Right, because, again, he's not afraid to chuck it. He's not afraid to make the big shots, and he's going to continue to take and bank it. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to line that up with probably the second, the best deadliest shooter, second deadliest the shooter. The $90 million dollar man. Yeah, Duncan Robinson. And he's been able to find his rhythm yep. and really. Better second half of the season than the first absolutely, half. Absolutely, but find the consistency. Day. Yeah. You know, where he's hitting three a game. You know, and putting in those those games where he's finding four or five here and there. Um, and you got to give a lot of shout out to Max Struess, you know. I'm glad you got to Max that. Max Struess has gotta shout really, this kid out recently. He's, he's been the unlikely hero of the unlikely heroes, right? He's been the number one where, unlikely hero. Where Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent has, have somewhat regressed or taken a step back. They, they, not that they took a step back because I don't want to like try them, try them. No, I don't want to try them because they're still doing their thing. But where they haven't taken any further steps, maybe they've stayed where they were. Exactly. Struce has continued to move it forward. Absolutely, bro. And, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you shouted him out, man. No, man, he he deserves it. He deserves it. He's been able to, he stepped in again where games where, Tyler Hero's not hitting. Yep. And Kyler, Kyle Lowry's not hitting. Big blocks too. Boy can play defense where Duncan is sus. Being able to be in the moment to hit shots, be defensive minded, really grind out wins. Those are things that are ingrained into heat culture and people hate it. People yeah. hate to hear that word heat culture, oh, whatever. But the fact of the matter is they really do install that mentality into their players every single time. And you see that in the, in the development of Max Struess, man. Um, he deserves nothing but praise because yeah, he stepped in in a lot of big moments and delivered a lot of big moments and a lot of big games for us. You know, the other day he hit six threes, six of nine, I think. And Victor Oladipo hit like another six threes, like Another so one we got to talk about. He hit seven, and Oladipo had six. Those are 13 threes between two guys, guys who are not afraid to shoot the ball. Max Struess has never shied away from the moment, which is kind of alludes to what you were saying, how he continues to rise to the occasions because he's putting himself there and he's delivering for the team. How do you feel, now that you mentioned it, how do you feel about Oladipo and his recent you know, outings with the Heat? He just can't, I think he maybe 
a week before you know you left or whatever. I think maybe the last episode that we did was when we first talked about Oladipo or whatnot. Now we got to see a little bit more of him, see you know how I suppose using him in, in what capacity. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? With Oladipo, <laughs> I, I've really been hesitant, right? Because I want to temper the expectations of what he can give because I know what the rest of the bench has in the Struess, the Vincent, the Martin, right? Even if you talk about Tyler Hero coming off the bench, you know, uh, you got a guy like Duncan Robinson who could who cannot start, you know. A lot of a lot of options there on the bench. So it's really hard for him to I thought it was gonna be hard for him to just jump in and be number two choice, number three choice, right? when there's such a long queue of players that have been playing well for the Heat this season. With Victor Oladipo, he looks like he's gaining that confidence in himself. I don't know if you know if you follow him on Instagram, but he made a post about like, hey, remember me? And it was a video of him stealing a ball and dunking it. Boom, reverse jam. And that led me to believe like, damn, this dude is really feeling himself because he feels like he's getting back into the rhythm of playing because now he's practicing with a bunch of guys who are playing well and he's able to dominate and hold his own, right? Yeah, he's got to fight for a spot again. And fight for that spot. Earn that respect again. Be hungry. And, and, but to know that he can hang in that, in that arena, in that competition, and say, I, this is a really good championship team and I can hang on this championship right, team. Right, right. You know, that does a lot for his confidence, I believe. And we saw it reflect in that game against Toronto. Um, came off the bench, 7 of 11 from the field, 6 of 9 from 3, like I said, 21 points. A game that you're like, damn, if this, if this dude just gives us two of these games in the playoffs, we're going we to ride the wave, baby. It was all, the, the waiting was well worth it. Well that, worth it, and we got a steal, right, for the playoff. We didn't have to, you know, lose an asset or trade an asset to, right. to do something at the trade deadline that would have possibly hurt us down the road. Um, we stay young, right, because he's still a young guy. <clears throat> relatively speaking to NBA terms, right? You see LeBron damn near 40, still playing, being <laughs> prime player. Um, but that's prime Optimus. Can't, can't really hate on that guy. <laughs> Did you but, say prime Optimus? Yeah, Optimus Prime. <laughs> that's the guy. Uh, we got to go get diagnosed for dyslexia. Absolutely. We're dyslexic sometimes. Hey, man, it happens. But we see it. We see the evolution. And if, if he can continue to play like that, I'm not saying go in there and put up 20 points shooting six of nine. Come on, dog. That's that's asking a lot to this guy drop in every game off the bench. Um, that's Tyler Hero stuff. That no, no, much, no, no, you no. Know? But, but if he can give us one or two games like that where he's averaging 14 points in the series, something like that, that's really beneficial to of the course. team. Of uh, course. Absolutely. No, that's I've, what I've, liked, I've liked what I've seen recently out of Oladipo, considering, I mean, you, I mean, He's not going to be Oladipo, Orlando Oladipo, or even like pay. You know what I mean? Like when he was bought, like when he was at in his prime. I mean, he's he's gone through so, a few injuries. Obviously, he took plenty of time off because he needed to. Like this was an injury that needed this much time off, and it right. was like a non-contact injury. Like you know, like the weird. It was the weirdest thing. So it's like you got to take those even a little bit more serious and be a little bit more precautious when it comes to those. But. I've liked what I've seen so far. I like the way that Spoh's using him, you know, the per- like who he's putting around him and stuff like that. I feel like all he's doing is adding to yeah. the floor. If he has some of the young guys out there, like, you know, he's playing out there with Strews or with Hero, like he knows where to fit in. And his defense, bro, his defense, I mean, is, is I think he's one of our best defenders already. For sure. You, after, go- after Bam and after, <laughs> after Jimmy, I think yeah. he's already up there as far as one of our best defenders. For sure. 
He's up Which there. is huge. He's up there. They say it's just all about offense. I no. know we hammer offense all the time. You got to lock it but down. But we got to talk about the defensive side of the ball. And that's where, like I mentioned a little while ago, um, Duncan's a little bit sus. And that's where Struess kind of comes in. He had a big block the other day. He you know, Took he, a charge. He can, yeah, he, he's always like putting his body at risk. He's Not to say there, Duncan the doesn't too. Duncan there. does it as well because the all those guys are programmed to do that. But just – you know, some guy. You, you know who your better defenders are. Even right. even even uh, Hero sometimes has his moments where you're like, "Yo, what are we well, doing?" He had that little stretch where he was getting roasted on Twitter and on on live TV because yeah. his defense was, you know, sure lackluster. And really? So that's that's where we need like defense. Like offense wins games. You live by the D three, you die by the three. Yep. But defense wins championships. Yep. Like we're gonna and we're gonna need we're gonna need up. it. And we're and at least in these last three games, like I said, we've been able to see that they've been able to separate themselves in winning time in that fourth quarter like you had asked me about, right? Um, I feel a lot more confident because I feel like they're able to really not necessarily get away with it, but they figured out the formula or, or how they want to attack the end of games. Before, I thought it was a lot of misconstrued, like trying to jam things together. Oh, let's let Jimmy dominate or let's put Bam here. Or, let's set up Duncan for this three. It wasn't really like fluid. Now I feel like the end of the games are a lot fluid and we're able to put separation between ourselves and the teams, right? Um, we end up locking down defense of Boston, right? End up keeping them 100. They only had 98 points that game. Mm-hmm. Repeat that and time near beat the Bulls by 20 points, 127 mm-hmm. and 109. And then follow that up with another good victory against a Toronto team that's really surging in the East um, and beat them 114 to 109, a nice little separation victory where you don't have to sweat it down the minutes. And you trust in your team to make game-winning plays, not turnovers or stuff like that, game-winning plays. Hey, make the pass, get the foul, make your two free throws, whatever. I feel a lot of confident in, uh, confidence in how we're going to be able to close out games moving forward in the playoffs. Those three games were essential, like, windows of playoff games right where the atmosphere was there the team really wanted to beat us they knew that there were things at stake for them and for us so the intensity of the game was high from the get-go we saw a lot of hard fouls we saw the coaches really uh strategize and use their team their timeouts like cohesively even their 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 challenges we saw boston challenge that max truce um charge that he took they tried to call you know that it was a defensive foul or whatever didn't go their way, but still, they were strategic on how they were trying to coach the game in order to put themselves in a position to win the game. That's playoff mode. We got three games left. It's straight playoff mode for all these teams in the East. It's a real tight race. Um, like I said, the Heat won their division, which is great. Uh, they get that from Atlanta with uh, nine games, you know, nine and a half games on them. First team to make the clinch the playoffs in the East. Really big right now. 50-win season. It's it's looking real good for the Heat. And they got three games left. We got Tuesday against Charlotte. We got Friday against Atlanta. And we got Sunday to finish the season in Orlando. Not, uh, Atlanta and Charlotte definitely have something to play for, right? Um, Brooklyn, Atlanta. Um, who's the other team in there? In the playing tournament? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. How many teams is it again? Instead it's of four, eight, you got what? Okay, so you well, have, it's top six, and then you got seven through ten playing in. It's so Cleveland, Atlanta, Cleveland in seventh, Atlanta in eighth, Charlie in ninth, and then Brooklyn in tenth. So yeah, like you said, they're all playing for something. So these games, I mean, and, and they mean something for us too because we're still fighting for position, right? Right. We're two games ahead of Boston right now. Two and a half games against Milwaukee, uh, above Milwaukee and Philadelphia, who are all clinched into the playoffs. Um, Chicago is five and a half games behind, and so is Toronto, five and a half, five and a half behind. All right. 
That's it, man. This is what we've been waiting for all year. Well, I, I got a bold prediction to make, and I want everybody to know this, as a matter of fact. I don't think Brooklyn gets out of that play on, playing. Um, the other night, they lost to Atlanta on the road. Um, they got to play Cleveland. Uh, they got to play Charlie, who's also fighting. I don't think that team's going to really survive that, man. A lot going on is with KD that Is KD healthy? He is, but he's the only is shot they Kyrie got. Is Kyrie healthy? And is he man. playing? He's, he's, but is he playing? They're going to win, bro. Bets have been made. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll bet you right now, right Bets here on the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk. All right. What do you want to bet? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet that they they do make it. If, okay. if they're in the playing tournament, they're 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 definitely going to win. They're going to lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do you think they're going to lose to the Cavs? Watch. All right. We'll see. Anyways, hey, um, but right. the Heat are going to be in the number one spot. That's all we care about. That's all we care about. So. That's all we care about, baby. That's all we care about. But let's keep it on basketball then for a second, just to t- talk March Madness for a oh, moment. Oh, yeah, man. We got to give a big shout-out to the University of Miami Hurricanes basketball team. Yep. Um, the men's and the women, they had good runs into the NCAA tournament. Um, the women's only advanced to the Sweet 16, which is kind of a disappointment because I felt like they were the better of the two squads. Um, but, man, the men's basketball team had I a had them, of a run. I had them going all the way. Everybody's bracket got busted super early. Super early. With uh, the St. Peter's. Yeah. Yeah, you know, beating, making that Ruby, run. Ruby, they beat Kentucky, Kentucky early on the yep. first round. So everybody's bracket got busted. But aside from that, my, some of my bracket did really well. I like, wasn't close. I was. I was pretty <laughs> good, man. I was actually doing pretty good. And then, my, you know, I had Miami going all the way and winning it all. And of course, obviously, we we took that that L uh, to Kansas. Um, tough game, man. They're, they're in the they're, national championship. They're in the tonight. national championship for a reason. They're a great right. game. They're, I mean, sorry, they're a great team. They got a lot of, they got a lot of talent on that team. Um, and man, I'm just glad we put up a good fight for that first half of that game. Right. Um, and was it were, were we in the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite Eight at Elite that point? Eight. Elite first Eight, right? First time in school Elite history. Eight. So yep. shout out to the Canes basketball team. Uh, shout out to Coach Larinaga, man. Yep. He's really, I've, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but he's really been the one who's made the difference in that men's basketball program. Um, 100%. They've, always, they've always been like, been able to get a guy here and there, but he's really instilled the the attitude and the mentality of being a basketball team and being a basketball program. It's not about just, just football, football, you know, right. and, and even with the baseball team, we see the baseball team starting to make a better run. They almost, they made the world series last year, got knocked out, whatever. Um, but coach L man, he, what a gem. It is to have that guy be the men's basketball coach at the University of Miami. And I really hope that he stays as the coach for as long as he can because not only the impact he's having on the program, but the impact that he's having on the kids and turning them into potential pros. And even whether it's here in the States or across the seas in Europe or whatever, um, he's able to give these guys life lessons and, and really put them in a position to win. And, man, as a basketball program, that's what you want. We saw that Duke had Coach K retire as they bought out to – they lost to North Carolina to in the Final Four. And Coach K is another one of those legends who deserve – that respect, right? We've seen what he's done, not only at Duke, but with Team USA Basketball. Legends, you know, legends. And when you have one, you have to appreciate them at the time. And uh, we wish those guys a lot of success in, in whatever it is that they choose. But more Coach L because, obviously, oh, yeah. he's a UM coach. It's oh, all yeah. about the U. But uh, final game, we got Kansas. The reason we're not touching on it is because uh, the game is tonight as tonight. we're recording this. So we'll touch on it on social media. Make sure Absolutely. to follow so on Twitter. He'll definitely be covering that a little bit later tonight. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, that's the reason we're not going to be talking uh, the championship game right now. But, anyway, shout-out to the Canes. Shout-out shout to, shout to the Heat. Yeah, for sure. And um, shout-out to the Panthers, man. Because Let's go, baby. Let's keep it winning. Since since our last episode, all they've done is continue to break records, man. They're number one in the Atlantic Division right now, 8-2 uh, in their last 10, first team to clinch the playoffs. 
in the NHL, set of franchise workers for wins in the season with 48 wins, which is where they're currently at, 48, 15, and 6. Um, franchise record for points in the season by Jonathan Hoover, though, 97 points so far in the season. Nasty, dog. It's nasty, bro. Most wins at home, 28. Uh, most goals in the season, 265. They've added 21 goals since then. Um, and they've also had four straight wins in a row, including one incredible, badass comeback in OT. Um, this, is, this is a team that's really... Stanley Cup bound, dog. Like I've said it from Wait, the get go. Did we even talk about the trade? Nah, man. We didn't even get to the trade. That was that happened after the last yeah, episode, man. right? Yeah, oh man. Oh my god, dude. So we so we make two trades, right? So much has happened, dog. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, man. First, first and foremost, I want to give the shout out to um to Huber, though, man. Uh, Huber, that's that's huge, dog. For him to be um, and the season's not over. No. No, for him to be leading uh, the NHL or that, being third in the NHL for points with 97 um, and being breaking that record as, as he broke the record for a left winger in points in the season. That record has been since 1992 held by a gentleman, John Janot. Um He had 70, 71 points <laughs> as a left winger. That's, Smashed it. And that's not a record that's common for left wingers, but Hubert, though, has been the MVP for the Panthers because ever since he's been able to get more ice time, right, and really stay on the ice, be healthy, and be available, we've seen the attack and the threat that he causes teams night in, night out, and uh, how he's able to lift the rest of the team. You know, Barkov is our leader, first and foremost. He's not going to say a word. He's just going to do that action, right? But in order for... For Huberdo to have that right, Barkov needs to play that role. Huberdo has been playing that great number two slash one B role by being a producer, right? And whenever the Panthers need a goal, whenever they need to tie something up, whenever they need to take advantage of a shorthanded situation or whatever, it's him who steps up to the occasion. Not necessarily scoring the goal, but finding the assist, finding the guy to find the guy. Um, you don't get to those 97 points, right? <clears throat> Excuse me without making the right moves at the right time with the right with the right vision. It's really easy to defend in hockey. It's really easy to stick a puck, uh, to stick your stick out there and, and disrupt a pass or something like that. It's really hard to pass. And when this guy is able to connect on 40-something, assist 43, I think he has on the season, man, that just shows you the level of intensity that that guy's playing with and how it reflects on the Panther season. Yeah, and how much he's producing for us, bro. Right? MVP, bro, like you said, dog, Hubie's the man. He's a good follow on Instagram too. He's a he's a great real follow, good, man. Real good and we dude. got to shout off Barkov too because he <clears throat> we shouted him out. Um, Barkov is <laughs> bro, what a beast that guy. He's a I beast, not, man. I would not want to fight that guy, bro. No, no, I would not <laughs> want to fight that guy. And more importantly for the Panthers, uh, for me, they became the first team to clinch that position. Right? Um, they win their division, uh, or they're in, they're going to be able to win their division and take that Atlantic Division title. Really important to add trophies, right? Or at least add a benchmark as to what's acceptable for a franchise. And having that division title is huge. Um, eight and two in their last 10, that's nothing to sneeze at. They've beaten teams like the Ducks, the Canadians. The Ma uh, they lost against the Maple Leafs, bounced back and won four straight against the Canadians, the Blackhawks, the Devils, and the Sabres. Um, we pretty much own Buffalo. We pretty much own. That's the only team that owns Buffalo Shots in hockey. Fired. Yeah, big time. The only team that, sh that owns Buffalo in South Florida is the Panthers owning the Buffalo Sabres. 
not the other way around in the NFL, but whatever. No. We'll get to it. No, no. We're talking hockey here. This is hockey This talk. is hockey time. All right? <laughs> I, I also want to give a shout-out to Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight has been able to bounce back since being recalled and really been able to find some type of consistency. He's back in the groove. And give the the, the Panthers that one-two combination between him and Big Bob. Yeah, because we have, we have been putting a lot of weight on Big Bob. A lot, dude. A lot of it. And we've been asking a lot of him, man. And he was. He was holding it down, but... It's nice to have Spencer back. He, he he had a really big season last year. He kind of put himself on the map out there as a rookie, and we know what he's able to do, you know, to defend for us, and he had been kind of on a slump. Uh, we've been giving up a lot of goals, but we've also been coming back in a lot of games, man. And yeah, I, man. I, I, love, <laughs> I love the fact that you can never count this team out. No. You can never count them and out. And they're dog. one of the most exciting teams to watch, man, because of the fact that they don't give away the game, right? Like that particular game that we're talking about against the New Jersey Devils, we were down six to two in the third period, right? And then you find the way to get the, put up five the energy, goals. right? The energy, right? To put up those four goals in the in in the third period to tie it and send it into overtime, and then have the I don't want to say the the balls, right? But no, at least just the, a, the, just the, the gall to to close out, man. Just a, on the, the uh, road. The uh, what, what's the word we're looking for here, man? Like. The tenacity right. you know, to, to just like say, you know what? We got here. Now we, we didn't get here for nothing. We're going to close this shit out. We're going to close and this game out. we've done that so many times this season. So, I mean, look. Awesome. Awesome. Those, those I, I mentioned it before. Barkov stepping up in that game, having two goals. Um, yep. Forsling hit the game win in overtime. Also had a goal in regular time. Um, Bang had he had his first goal for the game. And we that's the, one of the guys that we got in a trade. Um you really find this Panthers team in an evolution damn near every single game because they not only do they find ways to score, they find ways to win. And even when they lose, they find a way to snap off a streak and say, hey, we got to get it together. We got to go in the direction that we need to go in because we have teams right behind us. Um, the Panthers goal differential on the season is plus 83. That's number one in the NHL. That means that they're, they know that if they play – solid defense, they're going to make it really hard for their opponent to keep up with them offensively because they're going to be able to score on teams. Mm-hmm. And other teams are not going to be able to score on them, yep. right? Um, that means they're they gave up sec- They gave up six goals. Six goals and still that's won the not, game. Right. So scoring six goals, that's cute and all, but you still lost the game, right? And at the same time, giving up six goals is not something this team does. No, and we show you out in game time. We right, show right, you right, out right. in the third period and we show you out in overtime. Go home, go to sleep. Call it a day. You're drunk, go to sleep. <laughs> Call it a day, homie. And for the Panthers, uh, it's great to see that level of excellence and I, I, excellence, and I don't feel they get enough love from the normal you know, sports fan down here in Miami. We, they don't, man, but we're not a hockey town, bro. But, that's, but you know what? You know what? That's why we do this. Winning things changes things. Yeah. They go out there, win the division. Go out there, win, beat, the, beat the number one team in the NHL, right? They're um, currently two points behind... Uh, Colorado Avalanche. But even still, they have a better differential, goal differential than Colorado. That's 10 higher than them. And another 19 higher than Colorado, who's behind uh, the Panthers. Uh, I'm sorry. Colorado's behind Colorado. Carolina. What's his face on first? Exactly. Who's on second? They're 10 points higher uh, differential than Colorado, 19 higher than Carolina. Mm -hmm. Right? Colorado's number one. Carolina's number three. That just shows you how consistent the Panthers are at scoring. No, and the, and, and and if, the, the, the gap, the gap between it's us. Huge. It's yeah. huge. So I really feel like the, the Panthers winning the division, winning the conference, winning that number one spot in the NHL, 
that just sets the tone of what is expected in this franchise. Yeah. We need to be one of these teams that not only reach these milestones, right? 28 wins in a season, most uh, points or assists in a season by a left winger, 71. We're, we're turning all of that into winning. We're turning all of that into success, right? And pushing the franchise forward in a way where we can achieve the most important thing, which is the Stanley Cup. This is the year that they can really achieve that. If you look at we the were other, so close last year, man. But if you look so at the, the team one that thing they, we got to do this year that differently than we did last year is beat, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. We got to beat the fucking Lightning. We got to beat the Lightning. <laughs> but if you think about it, if you look at the matchup that we've had with the Lightning this year, we've pretty much owned them, bro. I'm glad you said that because if you look back to last year, regular season, I we pretty it. much owned the Lightning last year, and I we got. It. So we got swept. We got pretty much got well, right. Was it a gentleman yeah. sweep? Or yeah, a full it was a gentleman sweep? gentleman sweep. You know what I'm saying? Like, gentleman and sweep. it was like, damn, man. Like, it was kind of like sour after that. Like that taste. It was like the whole season battling it out. You know what I mean? Like, we had a lot of good shit happen. Granted, this team here right now today shits on last year's team. Absolutely, absolutely. And when you when you look at you know where Tampa Bay is, right, and how they've struggled this season, and how they're trying to find their way into the into the playoffs. You know they're just as good as Toronto, and I feel like Toronto is a bigger challenge to us because they've beaten us, right, right. And we we have that revenge game against us against them on Tuesday night, and then we get a Friday game against Buffalo. Again, we own Buffalo, and then we get a Saturday matchup against Nashville, Tennessee, who's a, a tough matchup, right? You, for th- you think they're ever going to change the Predators' name? Eh, maybe from the Predators, maybe. With this culture now, yeah, you knows? never know. You never know. Um, I heard they're going to change Merrill Lynch. Maybe. Hey, hey. I feel like that the Tampa Bay is a speed bump for sure, a speed bump. But honestly, the the Panthers have their eyes focused on Carolina, who's been a thorn in their side, and obviously Colorado, who's on the other side, looking kind of like a team in the mirror, where it's like, yeah, this team is really good. They score, they can score goals, and then they defend well, and they obviously have a good unit, and they win games. Panthers have to find some type of consistency before the season ends. And if they can keep this run, it really bodes well for all those goals that they're trying to attain. Um, 13 games left in the season. I mentioned those three games, Toronto, Buffalo, and, and Nashville. Toronto's really that revenge game. Those other two games might be a little easier for them to attack and really win 3-1, to 4-2, to two, something like that. But that game against Toronto is going to say a lot. It's going to say a lot because we have that record against Toronto, which is not favorable at all. And we have to find a way to not only win the game, but really exhort some type of dominance, you know, and and, and let teams know, hey, we're really in in it for the long run. This is a team that you're going to have to contend in with night in, night out. And Stanley Cup bound, baby. That's it. That's nothing less. No, but it's not only that. You gotta you gotta lock down that number one ice position. Yeah, number one. You it gotta starts lock with down. that. But we're we're you know? we're on the way. But they're definitely on That's the way the to a standing shot. The expectation is lock it up, have yeah, that home ice it. advantage. You lock it up, and 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 we're gonna we're gonna do what we couldn't get done last year, dude. We're gonna beat the best. We're gonna be the best. Forget and, about it. How many I'm, games left? So thirteen games left for the Panthers. Of um, starts against against Toronto. Like I said on Tuesday night, tune in, Tonight. check it out. You know, had that dual screen against the you know Panthers. It's, it's versus, playoff hockey, pretty much, man. It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much, much playoff hockey, pretty much. And they and again, they need the points. They need the points to stay up on Toronto. They need the points to stay up on Carolina. Four yeah. points behind, um, their own, Carolina's only four points behind, and we're two points behind Carolina, uh, the Colorado Avalanche. 
gotta keep in step. Gotta keep winning games. Gotta keep winning games. And we at least know that they have the fight in them. Yep. No, they got it, man. They they they're in good shape. Now we gotta get to the biggest elephant in the room. Ooh, whoa! I know I've been putting on a couple pounds since you've Chill, been gone. What, dog, I would but... never do that to you. Though. Oh, you're talking about? <clears throat> I would never do that. The to winners you, of the off season is who you're referring to. Hit the horn real quick. For the seventh year in a row, ladies and gentlemen, the Miami Dolphins, your Miami Dolphins, have won the offseason yet again. Wow. Clap it up for those guys. Wow. Clap it up. Clap it up. Congratulations, hey, Miami bro, Dolphins and Miami know, Dolphins Nation. I'm just honored to be a fan of this team that every year can deliver results. Uh, and hype. And hype. And, Mostly and, hype. Well, deliver results um, that, that equal to expectations that will never be um, fulfilled, fulfilled in, huh, in the in the regular season. So, mm. shout out to my Dolphins, Nah, dog. A hey, for always keeping you. I nice don't know and how warm, you huh? feel. Last last time that we got together and we talked about the Dolphins, you you're you're you've lowered your expectations and you right. kind of jumped off the ship. And you're like, you know what? They got to prove it to me. I don't know if they've proven it to you with all this, bro, but. I got all the gear on right now, even though I don't I got it on. You, Metaphorically, I, I got like the the, the, the the little foam finger. You're I, got, I got the the dolphin, you know the. I got it all, dog. All I'm that. all in right now, you homie. Look like dolphin man with the dude with the. Papa, <laughs> dolphins winning the Super Bowl this year. Let's get it. Nah, let's let's take a step back right there. Whoa, um, whoa. Let's take a step back. Whoa, you do not, you don't like the moves we've been making? I I really do enjoy. moves. They've made a ton of moves right since we've been on on the podcast. Um, first and foremost, we signed um, running back Raheem Mozart. We didn't really get okay. to talk about it, yep. right? But yep. we signed him as a free agent. He's very familiar Chase with Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds, right? And Raheem Mostert were the two running backs. Were the back two signs. running back selections. And one of them, Mozart being more uh, the productive of the two, I believe, right? Yep. Because more he had of the power. Power back. running back. But before he went down with that injury, he looked like the much better of the two running backs by a lot. Oh, yeah. He looked like one of the best running backs in the NFL yep. in the time that he had. Yep. He looked good. And then Edmonds compliments him in the pass game. He can yes. be that third down back, change the pace back out of the backfield and stuff, run screens and to him. More importantly, that. they automatically raise the level of the quality in the running back room. You and I talked about that about to no avail, where we looked at the guys who were in that running back committee, so to speak, and we really weren't in love with none of the guys. We saw potential in some of the guys here and there, and they, right. and they showed it here in, in flashes, but nothing consistent. Yep. So I, we, we answered that question now at the running oh, back. So we upgrade but, that position. But then there we, was still the question around who's going to block for these guys. Right. And then we make what I think is the biggest free agent splash that they've had in a real long time. This is one of my favorite moves we've made. In the offensive tackle, Terran Ter- Armstead. Is it Turin or Turan? Turan. Turin. T-Stead. T-Stead. Let's just call that, him I'm T-Stead. Gonna, he's got it on the chain. Exactly. That's your name, Papa. Swaggy, Bobby. That's your name, Papa. Bring that, bring that over gets, here, homie. Get signed to a big free agent contract. Uh, and we needed to sign him, believe it or not, because it was a five-year, $87.5 million year. Um, it's worth up to that much money. And he was really the biggest available. Well worth it. A biggest available, best available, um, you name it, biggest plug that we could have found, biggest answer in the long term, biggest answer in the short term. He was the guy for us. Dolphins Nation was really steadily pacing because you see all these guys getting signed. This offensive lineman got signed. It's like, shit, man, when are the Dolphins going to get to signing one of these guys? The only one out there is this big fish. Are the Dolphins going to be able to lure him and say, come be a part of this new project that we got going on? 
I felt like he kind of read the room in New Orleans and was like, thanks, I love it here, but I see the direction you guys are going. I'm going to go try something new in Miami with what they have with Tua and the offensive-minded coach that they just hired. And then, boom, we sign him. Now, there are questions regarding his health, right? He's never been able to play a full season. Um, but I feel a lot of that has to do because he's playing on turf, realistically. Uh, yeah, they have that fake grass over there, but it's nothing like playing on real grass that he's going to get down here. Wow. Um, you're not going to get the, the heat and the... the very inside football take right there. That's that's You right, just blew my mind, so... You're talking about a guy who's 300 pounds and No, I would have never thought to day. consider that, homie. All day. I would have never, but that's a very good point. Very I'm sure valid. a lot of that wear and tear has to do with that. And... While he's the biggest name on the team, I don't think he's going to be the most relied, right? He's going to be part of the unit because that's where the offensive coordinator is coming in and being an offensive line guru is going to be able to say, okay, I have the key figure here, and then I can work all these pieces around him in order to help him or him help others. A lot of scheme that we're going to see, a lot of blocking. Again, having that Mozart signing and him being familiar with McDaniel's offense and right. his system. Well, their time together. In, in, it's going to be huge because, again, he, they're, the offensive line is going to get that instruction. He's going to know or, or what to expect from them, and he's going to be able to attack that way. Yep. Let's see how it turns out, right? Yep. We hit, well, another thing we did, we hit Gasecki with the franchise tag. We hit Gasecki with smart, the franchise tag. Smart move. Which, uh, which I am not mad at. No. Right? Because – we know he's a playmaker. The issue was, do we pay him like one? With the franchise tag. It allows us to. It allows us to pay him like a guy for, hey, here for, here's the money for your services, bro. Right. You've been a great player. You grew from nothing. All, you, all you've all you continued to do is prove yourself. Here's your franchise tag. Here's the money that you're requesting for one year. Bam. We'll figure you out next year. Mm-hmm. Let's see what happens with the rest of the offense. Let's see what happens with the rest of the season. When we get to that yeah, point, we'll <clears throat> To cut you off, uh, the other thing to note, Raheem Mostert, one-year deal. Yep. Chase Edmonds. One-year deal. Two-year deal. Two-year deal. So short-term, to right. your point. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't – we're not giving these guys the, – aside from uh, T-Stead, you know, nobody else is getting a, a ridiculous contract out here. And and it's not really a ridiculous contract because if you think about it, that's what the going rate yeah, for – Yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying, well, okay, maybe not ridiculous, but not a uh, – um, something, you know, where we're committing long-term. Correct. You can't make long-term commitments with those guys because we know that you have to be young at that position, right, especially running back, and you know that you can really invest into an offensive lineman, right, and have them stick around for six, seven years. An offensive lineman span is 15 years in the NFL, 16 years if they really take care of themselves. We, we just got a guy who's in the middle of his prime, right, quote-unquote, but still good enough where even in his decline, he's still better than some guys that will be out there on the market. Yep. So it'll relatively be cheap, right? It was a 47, 43.37 guaranteed contract, um, and it ended up working for us. Gasecki gets his money, and we're, and it looks like the offense is starting to come together or at least being put in a position where they can be better, right? Right, right, right. So we locked down. We, know we got some offensive line moves to protect Tua, right? We put some guys in the backfield now to help Tua out in the run game and the check down passes, right? We, we right. re Two is I don't like end. that word check down passes though. Okay, well let me take it up whatever the hell you want. Let me I'm on a roll here. Let me okay. do what I'm doing. All right. We we sign we lock in his tight end, right? That can that can that's a little questionable around blocking, but we know he's a big playmaking tight end. Right. Right. To complement his explosive now sophomore um receiver at the slot position. I feel like we're missing something here. Hmm. What we got one one other move that was made on offense. Oh yeah, there was this little thing right where it was a small little tweak that they made. Mm-hmm. It was 
you know how when you the you close the knob, but it still right. has that little drip. Okay. Kink. And then what you gotta you? do that little tweak. Kink. One more kink. Kink. Mm-hmm. That was Tyreek Hill. Oh, that's right. We just we just got Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins traded and signed wide receiver Tyreek Hill, bro. I still, AKA I, it's still the cheetah. The last time Miami did something like this, we AKA got LeBron James, Mister New Tootsies, AKA. I'm from make I'm from make it rain out here. We just got Tyreek Hill, bro. Like I still can't believe it, dog. When when I saw it being reported and the the chat room was popping off, I was like, biggest name. It was either us or the Jets, and I was like, hmm. If this mother effer picks the Jets over the Dolphins, I'm gonna blow up. No, but but you get what I'm saying. Like I'm gonna be so Is mad that, at the honestly, Jets. Honestly, did that thought ever cross your mind that no. there was a like when you saw that? Like cause no. I saw that was the first thing I saw too. He's between Jets and Dolphins. Right. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh shit, we're getting Tyreek Hill. That I never <laughs> crossed. It never crossed my mind that like, oh man, like I really hope we get him. It was like I no. saw that and I'm like, yeah, we're getting. Come him. on, son. All things equal, like, you know, like, you're going to go to a struggling, a really struggling New York Jets team. No coach, questions around the quarterback, offensive line, running back. You got a good receiver and an okay running back out there. But, like, there's so defense is trash. Right. You know, the franchise, the owner sucks. Like, or you're going to come, you know, Miami, we had our issues with our head coach. But now, hey, we've, we've picked back up. We have a, a promising team with a great defense. And we need a player like you. To help elevate our offense. Yeah. What hey. what say you, Mr. Cheetah? And he said, I'm ready to be a Miami Dolphin. Let's go, baby. Wow. Yo, I'm so pumped. I'm ready I, to be are a you Miami back Dolphin. in or what, dog? I'm not fully back Come in. Come on, bro. But I got a foot and a half in the door. I and I, and I know exactly. I, I take it back. I got, I know I got one foot in the door. One full, full, and so, half a body in the door. So. Ha. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the reins here, and I'm gonna say I I think I understand exactly where you're coming from, which is where a lot of the Miami fan base is coming from, and we haven't even got the defense yet. We're gonna get the no. defense in a second, but I want to keep it on offense and close it out with this. We got the running backs, maybe. We got the receivers, a hundred percent for sure. We have the O line, possibly. We got playmakers. It is now up to number one. To lead us to the promised land, and he has one season to do it. This is Tua's last, I mean, not last, I don't want to say last chance or last run, but I think that as far as the Dolphins, this is it. This is the prime. You have everything now, Poppy. You have it all. You have the world. What are you going to do with it? And I think that that's, that's going to be the, the biggest question mark this year now at this point. Simple two words. A simple two words. No excuses. Yep. There's no excuses for Tua. There's no excuses for this offense. There's no excuses for the running backs. There's no excuses for the offensive line. There's no excuses for the wide receivers. We got the play callers. There's no excuses for Mike Daniel because now he came in with a lot of promise, right? A lot of promise. Maybe not high expectations, but a lot of promise. And then we make these moves and really put weapons into his hands when you do that and you put in pretty much the most explosive player in the NFL and you say, here you go, Papo. Congratulations. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins. Here's your new toy. That comes with a lot of expectations, not only from the fan base, but from the franchise. Because now, excuse me, you you look at Chris Gear and Chris Gear's like, 
It's definitely not on me, Papo. Here you go. And shout out to Chris Greer. We have to give him a shout out. I got to give him a shout out. We dogged him a we bunch. We questions. We dogged him a bunch. Because of the whole thing with, you know, with Coach Flo and all that. But he, you got to give it to the man. He, he made another move we haven't got to yet either, which is one of your favorite offensive moves that we made. Regardless. Yeah, right. My favorite of the offseason. <laughs> we'll get to that in a sure. second. So let's Re- put a pin in that one. Right. Regardless of how the, the coach works out. Regardless of how the right, coach works right. out, right? You got to look at the moves that Chris Greer has made and say, this is what a winning general manager does. Oh, fantastic. We gave him a lot of crap for it. Dolphins yep. fans had a lot of questions about him. I had a lot of questions yep. about him. But he's been able to prove mm-hmm. that he can make those moves, right? Whether they work out or not, whatever. What we want to see in, as fans is the investment in our investment, right? We invest in the season tickets. We invest our emotions. We invest our time in the team. We want to see that investment turn into an investment. Go get the best players available. Go get the best offensive tackle available. Check, right? Go get one of the best tight ends available. Rep, franchise tag, pay them. Hey, go get one of the best wide receivers in the game. Best, one of the best players in the NFL. Boom, check. Now one of the most notable players in the NFL is going to be wearing a Miami Dolphins jersey for at least five years, right? Four-year contract, um, how much? $120 million which is a bargain for a guy like him and what he brings to the table. Add that with coach and his expectations, his background, his offensive mindedness. There's a lot of expectations behind that. They're growing. They're growing. We just started. We're going to, we're going to see it because like based on this next move that we're going to talk about on the defensive side, we see that there's going to be more room for Chris Geary to play with. Before we get to the defensive side of the ball, Uh we got to talk about, the other elephant in the room. <laughs> wait, wait. Let's get to that last. That's my favorite part. Why, though? Because Why? it's my favorite part. Offense. It's going to make me so happy. No, no, no. We'll leave you with a smile at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. It's going to make right, me so, so happy. All right, so defensively, we go out. There's questions around Ogba, Emmanuel Ogba. What were we going to do? We are going to let him go to the free agency. Were we going to give him a deal? Uh, I'm happy to announce that we, we re-signed him. Yep. Ogba's here to stay. I know he had a little bit lackluster this season. Yeah, still performed. Still had a great Nine season. Nine sacks is uh, not underperforming. No, at no, all. no. But compared to the previous year, like, yeah. you know what I mean? He had a better year the year before, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the guy's a beast. We needed beast. to re sign the guy. Again, you're building something on defense. You're building something that has been consistent. You know that Jalen Phillips is a monster. Ogba being paired up with them, obviously, together, those guys had double digit sacks. Really one good, uh, a really good one two punch combo. Uh, you see the evolution of Jerome Baker. Um, Raekwon McMillan is on his way back. He's been stepping up. Van Kinko, we saw his him step up in games. We um, re-signed Duke Riley. We gave Duke him Riley, a deal. we gave him a deal. And, you know, we saw his improvement, mm-hmm. even though he's special not a big teams, name. He's a big special big teams special teamer, us. but it, it, it wins football games. Yeah, so he plays defense, place, too. Right? He plays on that outside. Um, but, but we know what we have in yeah. the defense, and we had to retool and reinvest in that defense. Absolutely. And I feel like we did that, right? And then, most importantly, the biggest move on defense is the one that made the most sense. We give Xavier Howard his deal. Um, we're making the most paid cornerback uh, in history. Gave that man his money, man. Rightfully so. $56 million. Um, you know, he had three years and $39 million remaining on the five-year $75 million contract that we had originally signed him. And then we come in and we, we hook him up, you know. And I'm glad. I'm really, like, I give Stephen Ross a lot of shit and, you know, the, the front office, you know, and the decisions that we make or don't make. But this is something that I'm like, I'm, I'm glad because we had questions about it, about whether or not at this, you know, another year goes by, you know, more more wear and tear on him. Is he worth the money? I'm glad 
that we made this move and and it, it's setting it's setting a, a good tone you know you come here and you perform and you do your job at the highest level you're going to get recognized and you're going to get rewarded it makes a lot of sense to pay the man because he's worth it bro we've seen him produce year in year out at the highest level right and really be a a, a key not only a key, but like a, a real foundation on what this defense is built on. Teams can't throw against us because of Xavier Howard. Yep. Not because of the D-line, not because of the linebackers, because of Xavier Howard, yep. you know. And when you pair him up and you have a, an opposite guy of him in Byron Jones, who's no slack at all, right? He's no slouch at all, but he's getting paid. And you know you have the best cornerback in the game. You got to pay that guy, especially when other people are getting paid. And the Dolphins knew they had to do that. Again, another huge credit Another huge credit to Chris Greer to recognize that and say, you know what, before I have any troubles with the new coach and this guy, let me make sure I lock this guy in. Here's your $50 million contract, five years. Here's your money guaranteed. Let's get back to work. Xavier goes into this guy fully committed into this coach now. Fully committed. And, and he recognizes the defensive coordinator because guess what? He was there last year and he knows the system. We're really going to see that level of improvement from the defense, not just because we re-signed Xavier Howard, but how we're able to add to this team moving forward and this defense moving forward. Um, that Xavier Howard did a lot of things for us. Um, his cap hit would have been $16.35 million in 22, right, until the time that the contract was placed. Now that he has that five-year, $90 million uh, deal, $50 million guaranteed, <clears throat> excuse me, now that the Dolphins have 11 extra million dollars in cap space to work with. Pretty nasty. We still got moves to make. Moves to make and room to make, you know. And then we make our my favorite move, the best <laughs> move ever, you know. And we trade Devontae Parker to the New England Patriots for a 2023 third-round pick. <laughs> so far. I'm, I'm, I'm just Get glad, my horns. I'm just glad that we Get have- him out of here, bro. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for your I'm time. I'm just glad we Thank at least got a third-round pick, man. I really thought it would have been a fourth or worse. You know, people burn me while on social media. Oh, but he was a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was a, a waste of a first-round pick. he didn't play like one. He ultimately never. was never available like one, didn't play like one, didn't put up the stats of a first-round pick, was not a first-round pick material. Too many so the, drop passes, man. So the fact that we got a third-round pick from him is amazing. Yep. Amazing. And more importantly, we free up even more money for this cap where we can make another move, sign another player, or somebody who can and, and really take up space. Let's be real. He wasn't the best receiver in this room. No. At all. Never was. Right? Waddle jumped in, and it was like, boom, forget about Devontae Parker. So why carry this guy around? Why carry a $6 million hit on your, on your, on your payroll? Just drop the guy, yep. get, a, get a pick for him, and keep it moving. Because you already have a Waddle. You have a Tyreek Hill. Now you have Gasecki. You, know, you still have we Albert have Wilson. No need, no need for him. We have no need for him. And we can still improve in the draft, and we can still improve in free agency with money to spend. So us making that move, besides making it – be really, really happy, like really, really happy to see that guy gone and not more, more importantly go to a team like the Patriots, a rival, because now he has to come over here and face Devontae um, Byron Jones. Now he has to come over here and face Xavier Howard. And those, they know you, dog, two times a year. So regardless of whatever your whack-ass quarterback does, these guys are going to be able to reach you. You're not going to be able to You're do stuck. shit. You're stuck. You're stuck here. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm happy that trade went down. I'm, yeah. I'm happy. And you know what? I, I'll say it again. The Patriots have a lot of hype. They won 10 games last year. I felt like we were better than the Patriots, and we just let a lot of games slip. 
We let a lot of games slip. We had a lot of questions about us, right? This year, like I said, no excuses. I really think the magic number is 12, 12 wins. In order to really make a, a, a real playoff push, you have to shoot for 12 wins. 17-game season, you can't, you can't afford to lose six, seven games in a season. No, we, no, we know where that, that gets you. And you know what, man? Because considering what happened last year, the reason why we lost that many games was Tua got hurt in the second game. Agreed. And we had Jacoby Brissett that we were relying on blindly. Yep. And it was like, God, this guy definitely does not have what it takes. This is not the system. This is not the guy. It's not, you know, it didn't look good. And then Tua came back and we, we, we started rolling again, uh, winning, what, seven in a row? Right. Um, I feel a lot better this year that if it was to happen again with this team as it is, having Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. I feel way more confident with that too. You know, I, really, I mean, Tua. I think Tua. I'm, you know, me. I've been, I've been riding Tua train strong. I've been right. pushing that, but that little wagon by my right. damn self for yep. a little while. As here you now, should, as people keep jumping. As off. you should, but I, I think if it, you know, I have full, I have more confidence this year if Tua went down and we had Teddy for a few games than I ever did in Jacoby doing that. Yeah, me too. Um, because I, I've seen Teddy win football games. I've seen Teddy be a real student of the game, know the system, student learn the system. The game. Yeah, le- learn the system that you're playing in, learn the abilities of the people that you're going to be chose practicing. not to come play for us initially. Right. To stay and back up Drew Brees. And learn from him. Dog. And now he's here. You know, and, and, and not only is he going to be able to he- be here, but be able to push to a, really coach to him and be like, look, this is what you need to look for. This is NFL football. You don't want to learn from Jacoby Bissett, man. Can't. What the hell is that or guy going to teach you? You nah. have more of a chance of learning from uh, Fitzpatrick than you do Jacoby Brissett, right? But even still, there's a certain limitation to Fitzpatrick. I feel like Tua and, and, and Bridgewater are going to be able to connect, right? They're both young guys. They both know, right, how to talk that QB language talk. And I really think it's going to make a positive impact on, on Tua and push him to be better. And you know how I feel about it, bro. I'm not 110% committed to him. I really want to see his worth in his play. I want his see, to see his ability to find open receivers. I want to see his ability to throw downfield, right? Now he's going to have time. He's going to have a running game. He's going to have more support on the, wide, on, the, on the ends, right, with his wide receivers. I want to see more from Tua. You know, let's bring it all the way back. So it's exactly like you said, two words, man. I'm a halfway in. No excuses. No excuses. excuses. That's why I'm halfway in. And again, like I took even half a step more in once I heard that Devontae Parker was getting traded. (laughs) I was like, oh, really? You guys are doing this, huh? Oh, my God. Hold on. You almost got me. It's it's almost like. It's like they put the candy right there. It's almost like like they're "Ah." making all the moves just for you. Right? They're listening. They're like, ah, come on. We want want him back. They're listening. They're listening. I'm excited, man. We we started our spring training um, as of today, right? I think. Today today was the first day. Yesterday, by the time you're hearing this. I'm really excited to see. I mean, either way, I don't care for highlights in the offseason like this and all that. Four months, maybe. Four months till we get football. I'm intrigued for two things, right? Um, A, I I saw a little clip of Tua walking into the building. He's obviously going to be able to get reps with these guys. Tyreek lives down here. Waddle living down here. Um, Gasecki living down here now. You know, like all these guys are living down here. They're going to be able to get really good rhythm going. I'm really excited for that. And more, and more importantly, I'm, I'm excited to see what else they have in store. I feel like business isn't done for them. We have the draft coming up. They still have money to spend in the salary cap. Uh, it doesn't make sense to really hold on to too much of it, but you never know, right? There could be a player who gets cut or whatever released during the during training camp, which is coming up. So I, I'm really excited for the moves. I'm really excited for the moves. I'm not 100% sold 
No, know? but I really I, feel I, that I the Dolphins are moving in that direction. They have they had to move in that direction, and they're definitely I'm pushing full steam. <clears throat> I'm all in, and I can't wait. You should be excited. You know, I'm super new, pumped. You should be what excited. New coach, new offense, new uh, weapons, new defense, locking that down. Like, there's a lot to be excited as a Forget Dolphins fan. Forget about it. Dolphins I'm number one. <clears throat> but I'm not sold. <laughs> I'm, I'm all the way. I'm not sold. But I, I feel like it, it. Hey, man, call me crazy, but it wouldn't be crazy to, to see the Dolphins win 12 games. No. It would not be. If Tua turns out to so what he's supposed year, to be, bro. if Tua turns out to what he's supposed to be, we're winning 12 games. That's that's what I'll say. I'll give Dolphin Nation that. If Tua turns out to what we think he can be, mm-hmm. right, as a general consensus, whether that's a caretaker, a playmaker, whatever, if he's good enough and is good, I think we can win 12 games. That's where I'll put it. But we'll see. Easy money. Let's Easy. get it. Whoa, I don't know about that. Let's get it. I'll the, tell you who has to win at least 12 games this coming season. <laughs> they better, dog. It's the Miami Marlins. They better win 12 games this season. <laughs> I swear. I swear. They better win 12 games. Get out of here. No. Um. First of all, I'm so happy that baseball is baseball back. We had a lot back, of questions son. about it. Uh, the lockout was happening when we finished recording. Uh, it, it looked like they were already losing games. They lost four games. You know, each team lost four games, a total of 48-something. It was really looking bad for baseball. You know, there was uh, tough negotiations happening, but they figured out a way to come to the table and, and make those agreements. Um, smaller season or more teams in the playoffs, but more money spread evenly, whatever. Good news for baseball because I felt like they were really losing their grip on their fan base to say, damn, why do I even care about a sport that's not really putting me in first, you know, by locking out and, and making me miss all this spring training baseball when I have children who have spring break and they be, they be, could be going to a baseball game and watching a baseball game and really interacting and falling in, the, in love with the game from a young age as opposed to trying to retain the fans that you have now. You have to build that fan base. And baseball was in danger of losing that. Thankfully, right, for us, we love baseball. Um, the city of Miami loves baseball, and they brought it back. Uh, now we get to look forward to the Marlins, and the Marlins have had a lot of controversy around them, right? Uh, Jeter leaves. Um, Kim Ang gets uh, promoted. Um, they're finding new ways to put people in different positions, right? And Kim Ang is making moves. Moves. She's, she's, still, moves. she's doing exactly what we, what we brought her here to do. It's amazing, right? You you put a person into a position where you kind of know that they're going to be really good at it, but you're not sure because they've never done it before. And she hit the ground running, like you said, man. Really making a splash already for the Marlins by signing one of the best hitters in baseball, Cuban pro, uh, beast, uh, Jorge Soler. World Series champion. Yeah, with the Braves, right? Um, they signed him to a three-year, $30 million year. A $36 million a year. And for me, that just shows them that they're really trying to put that product on the field. They see the other franchises in South Florida and the love and the response that they're getting from their fan bases, right, where the, the fan bases are really buying into the project. He fans. That game last night, uh, the other night was packed, right? Um, Panthers game, damn near sold out every game, right? Uh, we see the Dolphins really creating this buzz, this exi- excitement, and getting people to buy in again, right? Buying f- season tickets, looking forward to going to games. Marlins kind of feel like the need to keep up with that. When they lost Jeter, it was a lot of questions about whether they were going to be able to retain that. Kim Manga has really stepped up, signed a Cuban player in a predominantly Cuban neighborhood, Jorge Soler. What a Bro, genius move. That, that right there. <clears throat> I mean, that's marketing 101, Bobby. Yeah. 
I don't yeah. know why I keep saying poppy this episode, but it, yeah, I'm, you're I, feeling I, that. But I you're like feeling it. that. I like it. Um, it's my new thing. Yeah, you know, he defected Cuba in 2011. He's made a huge impact on you know the fight for what's happening in Cuba and uh, Cuban players, and really shown uh, the positivity of the product that comes out of that little nation, right? World three home runs in the World Series, like you said, with Atlanta. A guy who makes a difference in the lineup. We add a power a hitting player, something that we hadn't had since Giancarlo left, right? Probably a little bit more consistent and as far as being able to hit more often, maybe as not as much production as far as home runs or RBIs, but man, a really good player, a really interesting player, a fan favorite type of player yep. that the community and, and baseball fanatics can get behind. All around checks so many of the boxes. Wow, what a so great many move. Other boxes, man. What I'm, a great I'm, move. I'm glad. I'm excited. For sure. But I mean, this is only, I feel like it has to be only the beginning. For sure. And and look, uh, for me, you know, I'm really excited about seeing Sandy Alcantara pitching again. You know, he's made his third start the other day, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, or two days ago, as you guys listening. And he's going to be making his um, third opening day start on Friday for the Marlins when they open the season against San Francisco. The tough thing is we're on the road in San Francisco at San yep. Francisco and we don't have a home game for like a good like eight games or something yep. like that. The first like six, seven, eight games of the season are all away games, correct? Exactly. And um, when's our first home game here where we can I go think it's start fourteenth. Like uh let me check the <clears throat> schedule. I have it right here. Yeah, because I mean that that's just sucks, man. And baseball's back, you know, we waited all this time. You know, usually it's like April, like right this time, like right at the beginning right of, this, this, of time, this time right. or whatever, where, you know, we've already, we've already been, had our first home game and we can go. I mean, I love that first, the first game, man. First game of the season is lit. It, it's, it's always opening a great day, time. Man. Opening day is so raw. Like, obviously we're, um, we're going to make it out there. Um, but for the regular season, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to bring up their game. Their first game at home is the 14th, like I said, against Philadelphia. A Thursday night opener. Yeah, 10 days. And that's 10 days. You know, that's three games against San Francisco, two games against Los Angeles, and then coming home to face the Philadelphia for four, Phillies for four games. A good start, I guess, to the season. It's going to be tough. Rough, it's going to be tough. But we're going to figure out what this team is made of quick. Yeah, yeah. Right? early you, on. You and, and we know it's going to be fun. We, we know that Jazz is going to bring it. Um, we saw the emergence of... Uh, my boy, my, Trevor, my dog, Trevor, Trevor you know, T-Raw, T-Raw um, Trevor Rogers, a beast, you know, hopefully pair him with Alcantara really getting some run support this year. And, and with the emergence of a Jorge Soleil, really get into that lineup, that catcher that we signed, really emerging and helping the offense um, and being a steady bat. Lots to look forward to. I don't want to set the expectation for this Marlins team to be really high. No, we, they're still, we, 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 we know, know that they're far away from like contending for anything serious, but Man, it would be really fun to see these guys really catch fire and, and play some really good baseball. We see them playing really good baseball right now in spring training, you know, but it's like you yeah. mentioned before. They've played well last year spring training too, so. A lot, you, you know. You got to take that with a grain of salt. You got to take that with a grain of salt and see what it is, man. Um, something but else baseball's is, back. Baseball's that's back. That's Marlins baseball's back. And no, you know that on the 14th, we're, we'll definitely be talking about the Marlins on that week and leading up to the season, yep. but we're also going to be trying to be in the building for that home opener for sure. You know we were up. Uh, to wrap up the show, man. So we got something big coming up, don't we? Oh my god! Your favorite the, time of the this year. This is my Super Bowl, dog. Oh, this, this is, is it. This is better than Super Bowl week for me. It's honestly, amazing. Like Super Bowl week, it's just like you know, it's just it's a Sunday. Like that's a Super Bowl it's Sunday. That day. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time of year. 
Grab your grab your uh, your lawn chairs and uh, put on Caddyshack in the background. Put, you could put that in the background if you like. I was gonna say grab your pimento pimento and cheese and your yeah. uh, Arnold Palmer's. Yes, and uh, curl up me. next to the TV. And get ready for a week long of the greatest hours. golf tournament in the history of golf. Seventy two hours, and that's the Masters tournament. Yes, yes, yes. This yes. week, baby, and not not just the Masters tournament. This. Very well. It's on the verge. I don't know if it's officially confirmed or not. It's official in my book. Is it officially confirmed? In my book, it is, dog. On the Sports with So-So podcast, it's official. You heard it here first, folks. Tiger Woods is back. Wow. The big Uh, cat. The big cat. I mean, suffered an injury. He was in a car accident last year. He's been out, you know, rehabbing, you know, trying to get better. He's been out from professional golf for over a year now. And his, his return to professional golf is looking like it's going to be the Masters this year. It's uh, an amazing thing for the Masters to be happening at this time. Um, we saw, you know, how cool it was to have people back at the Masters last year, right? It wasn't at full capacity. This year is going to be at full capacity. The energy, the the prestige, the, you know, the overall awesomeness around this this tournament is um, going to be amazing to watch. And having Tiger just be a part of it, right? He doesn't even have to be top 10, top 20, whatever. Just having Tiger be a part of it after everything he's gone through, right? And what he means to the game of golf. Absolutely. And more importantly, to the new generation of golfers, right? We see Fina wearing the Nike stuff. Uh, we saw the the entire pretty much, you know, roster wear red shirts that day when he got into that accident and they wanted to show their support for him. Right. He means a lot to the sport. He's their Jack Nicholson of this era. You know, um, and him being a part of the Masters just adds that extra prestige and like, you know, amazingness. Listen, man, man it's all, amazing. all is right in the world if Tiger Woods is playing in the Masters. That's, yeah, all, that's all I'm going to say about that, man, because, I mean, you know, golf has been awesome. Golf been has awesome. been, I mean, there's been a lot that's happened over the last we year. I mean, even going back to last year's Masters with, with Hideki winning it. Right. In the, that way, that, so in the way that he did. And then just. No, his caddy finishing the round. With a bow. You wow. Know, respect. I mean, that's still, that's still one of my favorite moments of wow. 2021. But just so much has happened in golf. I mean, just, just recently, you have a guy that, that was moving up in the ranks, a top yep. 10 player, yep. you know, in the world. Um, and all of a sudden, he goes from not having a PGA Tour win to winning his first one and then winning two other PGA Tour wins, having three wins and five starts and claiming the world number one title and a yep. guy in Scotty Scheffler who's only 25 years old. And the who, biggest jump probably from his ranking to number one ever, I think, right? Um yeah, well, was, as far as the span or how right. quick it happened, because yeah. like you know, like John Rahm was on the verge for a while. He was Correct. like top five, Currently for, number two for a while. Like Scotty went like twelve to like eight to like three to like one. You know what I mean? Like quick. Which the world golf rankings, you know that they, you know, that's obviously going to be argued and debated because you know if you're talking just purely who's the best golfer in the world, a lot of people are still going to say John Rahm is the best right. golfer in the world. Scotty Scheffler is just playing lights out right now. And he has the, the the ranking to prove it, the stats to prove it. Um, but and winning we, tournaments, we, bro. But we got a stack field, so this I, is, it's super stacked. This I mean, is so no, stacked. This a like, guy every that, year it is, bro. But I mean, a, a guy that I'm personally looking forward to is Victor Holland. I feel like he's been playing very consistent golf. He hasn't been playing great. He hasn't really won a lot, but he's just really good in his game. He he might be able to find the right approach. Um, you got Cameron Smith, who won one of the recently. biggest tournaments recently, right? before, Right around the time we were he recording. He won TPC, Sawgrass. He won the TPC. Won, it's we it's saw considered Scottie. the fifth major. Right. We saw Scotty win his big tournament, right? Scotty's coming off. He won so far the, the TPC uh, Scottsdale in Arizona. 
Dustin the looks waste management. He also won Bay Hill, and right? then now he just won the match play. Right. Dustin three, looks three good. completely different tournaments. Dust, Dustin, uh, he's been, he hasn't, he's, a, he's, been, he's playing been a little, a little shaky, but he's looking better as of late. But to your points, he's he's projected to be, you know, he's, he has 17 to 1 odds. He's one of the top five. We favorites. got the defending champ, Morikawa, who we haven't even talked about. No, not, well, he's uh, not defending. Well, champ, not the more. He, uh, he's a defending TGA or Matsuyama. Champion. Matsuyama is the defending champ. We haven't, we haven't talked about him. Um, Matsuyama's actually 50 to 1 on the odds. Yeah, weird, right? It's interesting. Interesting. Uh, but you got a guy that came up second last year in Will Zalatoris and kind of made a name for himself. He's 35 to 1. What about he, your boy he's Brooks? He's out there. Bro, bro, Brooksy, you know he's up there. He's he's twenty to one. He's he always always, he always finds a way to contend in these in these majors. You know what I mean? So, um, dude, the vibes. Stacked. I mean, every, everybody's in the field. All the main guys you want to see are there. Tiger is back. It's Look, the Masters week. Let's go. A guy that we saw last year too, Louis Oldison, the the South African. He one more time, Louis Louis Louis. Oosterhazen. That's the guy. There we go. We saw him have a great run. Ultimately, fell, ended up coming up short. But yeah, we've seen him play uh, some real good golf in these He's the runner-up champ. You know? He, yeah. he's, he has the championship for most runner-ups. Yeah, he's the runner-up guy, champ. man. But, he's but, gotten his heart broken but so But we know times. he's good. We know he's good in tournaments. And he just always finds a way to lose it himself. But maybe this is the one that he ends up ultimately winning. How store, how, what an amazing story that would be, right? The running earth champ, running up champ, winning the actual tournament and winning the masters. Oh Come yeah. On, he, he, that would be awesome for him, but Come on. I don't think it's going to happen, but before, <laughs> you know, uh, we got to wrap up. It's been pick a long one. show. Uh, we had a lot pick to talk one. about Two. Let's pick two. Go. I want you to pick a favorite. I'm going to give you this list right here. And I want you to give me a favorite, one of the favorites, one of the top guys. And then I want you to kind of go down here. Anybody over 50 to one odds. That's your dark horse. So give me, give me, look through that real quick glance. Uh, something else I want to note. Um, I was watching the, uh, the 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 women's amateur, which just started about three years ago. They just started doing this at Augusta National, where they host Masters. And I got to shout this little girl out because she is a yeah, little girl, man. sixteen years old. Okay, sixteen years old. Girl is still in high school. Beat out girls three, four, five years older than her. Girls that are in college. You know, women. Beat them out to be the champion of the women's amateur, man. Shout out to her. Shout I don't know her, her name man. right now, but if you have a chance to look her up, holy hell, man. That girl is talented. All right. Here's so, my dark without horse. Without further ado, here we go. You're going to start with the dark horse. I'm going to start with the dark horse, right? I'm going to take, and it, I'm taking this guy because I like him, okay? I'm going to take Max Homer. I'm taking Max. I like his game. He's a good golfer, in my opinion. I like to watch him play. He's going to be somebody I keep my eye on. Okay. Right? I like I like Homa. He's and a, then, a, a Twitter master. Yes. And so then... Roast the best of them. My Good pick... off game. My pick is going to be... Who's winning it? Who's winning the Masters? <sighs> Bro, the easy pick is to say Scheffler, right? Because he's the one that the mm, fans want. He's but number one right now. He's yeah. number one, but I'm going to go with Jordan Speed. Wow. Boom! He's going to win another green. Hey. Another green jacket, you say. Hey. Wow. I'm going with Jordan Spieth. That's interesting. Jordan Spieth is 20 to 1 odds. Yep. So he's up there. He's definitely up he's there. He's up there. Uh, Spieth, I mean, I love Spieth. That's my dog. Um, hey. But we're talking Augusta here. This is this golf course is, is unlike anywhere else. You need to be. A, you need to have every shot in the bag, right? You need to be a shot shaper. You need to be able to, you know, in, those, in, those, in those tense moments, you need to be able to Remain cool, calm, and collect, right? Right. And, and hit those big shots, hit those big putts. Um, and I think that, honestly, you know, for me, I'm going to start with my favorite. I, I am going to go that route. I am going to go the world number one route. I really think Scotty Ooh, Scheffler going Scotty. into the Masters has Scotty a lot. Know. He's He's got a lot going on for him right yes. now. Um, a lot of good energy. 
three wins and five starts, took a whole week off, took the Valero Texas Open off this week in Smart. Houston, you know, just to get prepped for the Masters. He saw the course last year. Um, I'm not sure how he finished last year. I don't think he did fantastic last year, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's ready for that challenge now, especially with every all the momentum he has going into this. That's my favorite uh, going into this. And my dark horse, over 50 to 1 odds, you got to keep that in mind, coming in at 80 to 1 odds. Tiger Woods. Let's go, Tiger. If anybody's going to win this Let's tournament, go it's going to be the GOAT. Let's, Let's go, go, baby. Man. Masters go. week. Tune in. Yes. Starting Wednesday with the with the uh, part three contest, I believe. Absolutely, man. Got to love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? That's a perfect way to send off this podcast episode, man. It was a long one. Um, it was long overdue, but we knocked it out, brother. We back, baby. Yes, sir. Um, everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in. We know we gave you a lot of content, but trust us, it's worth the wait. Make sure you guys are following the show on all social media platforms. That's right. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Drop a comment. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, hit a like button. Let us know what you like about our 365 drops. All our videos are out there right now. Joel, you know what they got to do, man. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell another friend. To tell one more friend. To tell one more friend about this dope podcast because nobody else is giving you this content. Nobody else is giving you that exclusive YouTube content. And nobody else is bringing you that Miami flavor. We back. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Peace.